It is my joy to be with you this morning. Um, Pastor Brian uh, and Miss Bonnie, uh, they are uh, out uh, and uh, got away for a little bit uh, just to get some uh, rest, to do some praying, uh, and just to kind of spend some time together. Um, they will be back tonight uh, for the multi-generational worship time uh, at 6 o'clock. Um, and so just this morning, have the opportunity to, to be with you and to open God's Word together. And so if you have your Bible, um, we're going to be in Romans chapter 8 uh, this morning. And so we're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to see how far we get. Uh, I got going to verse 13. Um, We'll just we'll let the Spirit lead and guide. Um, but anyhow, we're going to start in Romans 8, uh, verse 1. And uh, again, it is always a joy to, to have the opportunity to preach when Pastor Brian's gone. Um, but it is also an incredible, there, there is, there's, a, there's a burden that's there um, because it's like, man, um, God, what do you want to preach on? And got the whole Bible, right, to choose from. And so uh, anyhow, just begin to seek God and uh, really lean on this passage in Romans 8 because God's really been doing a work in my own life, just reminding me about some things that I needed to hear. Um, in fact, uh, with our students after Easter, we did a, a study for a couple weeks on the Holy Spirit. And so when we do our studies with the students, we try to provide uh, devotions for them to be in God's Word. And so our devotion took us through um, Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 17. And just as I was reading through that, man, God was just, I would say, gently reminding me and then sometimes slapping me in the face of just some just truths that I needed to, to, to hear. Um, and this morning, I want to just talk to you about just to, just to live free um, because uh, we live with weights and we live with burdens. In fact, there are some of you that are probably, not some, a lot of us in this room, we came in here and... You look wonderful, by the way, all right, from here on the stage. Everybody looks great today. Uh, but you probably have some weights, uh, some things that you're covering up, uh, something that you're struggling with, something that you're dealing with um, right now that you carried into this place. And my prayer, our goal is as we work through God's Word and as we open our hearts to God's Word this morning, is that we would be vulnerable okay, we'd be vulnerable to the word, um, that we would receive God's word, but then that we would also uh, respond to it. And my prayer is that when we leave these doors, whatever door you decide to go out, uh, that you would live here uh, in freedom, that you would leave here, excuse me, in freedom um, that we have in Christ. And so um, I, I am a, I, I'm a junkie for exercise programs, and so there's a new uh, exercise program that's out there to where they use these bags that have weights in them. And I say I'm a junkie because, again, let's be vulnerable here. Uh, I like to look into exercise programs. I just don't like to do them, right? Uh, I love, you know what I love about the exercise programs? I love the before and after pictures uh, because I can identify with some of those people. I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's my body type. Okay. And I can get there. Okay. Just in six weeks, I got this. Uh, and then... It, it never goes anywhere. Um, and so, in fact, I had to borrow this from a neighbor of mine. Um, but <laughs> this is not even mine. But uh, all, all that to say, uh, this exercise program, there's different ones that are out there, but they came up through uh, just different special force guys that were in the military that, that got out, and they really enjoyed the exercise element of the military. And they're like, hey, 
let's make some exercise programs based off of this, maybe with some things that we did in our special force training. And, and so uh, they came out with these di different programs to where they would, uh, you do different hikes, you do different walks with these uh, bags on you, right? Uh, you do different squat. I'm not going to start to squat on the stage, okay? We got to get through a message. Um, and so anyhow, I'm even struggling right now. Uh, I think he said it was only 50 pounds. I feel like it's 100. Um, but you do these things. But here's the thing. You eventually put the bag down, all right? And you go about your life. And I think about just even this bag being on our shoulders is how this is a picture of the weights that we live with. Um, this is the picture of what sin does in our life as it creeps into our life. This is a picture of what sin initially does to where it puts a weight on us. And it's a weight that we can't get rid of on our, on our own. Because there's a weight because of the penalty of sin. And it's there. And there are some of you that you've never trusted in Jesus and you are walking around with this weight. But then even in the Christian life, even though we've been set free from sin, we've been set free from the penalty of sin, we pick back up these weights and we walk and we do life together. And we walk and we do church. And sometimes the weight of even trying to be self-righteous and trying to do good things to get back into God's right standing can be a weight. There's other weights that are out there. There's emotional weights. There's relational weights. There's all kinds of different things that we walk in and we do life with them. And just like it would not make sense for me to try to preach with this physical weight on me, it doesn't make sense for us to do, weight, for us to do life with the spiritual weights that we have. And so the goal today is to leave these weights or to, to let go of these weights and leave them at the feet of Jesus. And we want to do that by walking through Romans chapter 8. So with that said, let's jump into the text together. What uh, we want to do today, instead of just reading the whole passage, um, we're just going to kind of go through it uh, verse by verse at a time. And I've really only got two main uh, points for us today, so hopefully you can, you, know, you can grab these. And the first point that I have for us today is this, is that you are free from the penalty of sin, okay? So the first point that I have for you today is that we are, you are free from the penalty of sin. Again, our goal today is for you to see that God has made a way for you to live free, that through Jesus, you are released from the penalty of sin. You are released from the weight of sin. Then the second point that we'll look at here in just a minute is that through the Holy Spirit, you are released from the power of sin, and you are free to not walk in sin. And so that's where we're going to be going today, so let's just see where we can get to uh, and where God allows us to go. So let's start. Romans chapter 8, um, verse 1. It says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm going to read that verse one more time because it's a good one. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Anytime you see the word therefore in the Bible, um, I was trained to ask, what is it there for, right? Uh, and the reason why is it's because it, it, it's, it's a linking phrase. It links to where you're at now in the passage to something that was previously said. 
Now, as I begin to study this, there's really two different options with, okay, where does this therefore link us to? Does it, does it link us to what was just previously said in Romans chapter 7? Um, or some people would say, you know, it, it kind of links to what Paul has been building, the case that he's been building all the way through the book of Romans, verse in chapters 1 through 6. And so either way you see it, the connection is made. Uh, like, but for example, though, in, in Romans chapter 7, Paul is vulnerable with us and he exposes. Normally we think of the Apostle Paul and we read through the Bible and we think about these people are like these spiritual superheroes that never struggle with anything. Well, in Romans 7, I encourage you, go read Romans 7 because you see Paul is very transparent with us and he shares some things with us, some struggles that he has. For example, Romans chapter 7, verse 19 says this, for the good that I want to do I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not. Look at what Paul's saying there. He's like, hey, listen, the good things that I want to do, I don't do. And he's like, I practice the very evil that I don't want to do. He's like, I'm doing the opposite of what I know is, is right here. Has anybody ever been there before? I have. Look at what he says later on in verse 25 of Romans 7. He says, wretched man that I am. Paul calls himself a wretched man. He says, who will set me free from the body of this death? What a question that he asked there. And then he goes on in Romans chapter 8, right? And he writes probably one of the most powerful things that we have. He says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So when he goes on and says that there is now no condemnation, the word condemnation is actually a legal term which means guilty, penalty due, or debt. Okay? So condemnation, it's a legal, it's a legal term. When somebody is condemned, it's because they are guilty for something that they have done. There is a penalty due because of their actions, and there's also a debt that needs to be paid. That's what the word condemnation means. In fact, earlier in Romans chapter 6, in, verses 20, in verse 23, just the very beginning of that verse, look what Paul says. He says, for the wages of sin is death. And so what we deserve, the wage that we earn because of our sin that we all have is death. So we want, we want to see this truth in Scripture is that God takes sin very seriously. Understand that here today. That because God is a holy God, because He is a righteous God, He takes sin very seriously. And what we all deserve because we have sin is death. Now the death that He's speaking about there is not just a physical death. The death that he's speaking about there is one that is even great. It's, it, it's, it's an eternal, it's a separation from God. So because of our sin, we deserve to be separated. So because of our sin, we are left condemned. But look at what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation. So to condemn means to be guilty, a penalty due, a debt. No condemnation is, it's, again, it's a legal term, right? That you are free from the penalty. You are not guilty. 
And so what we're going to see here in, in, in this verse, in the verses that follow that, is that because of Jesus' sacrifice and his resurrection, listen, this is huge, Jesus sets us free from the penalty of sin debt. In fact, go back to Romans chapter 6, verse 23. The whole verse, we don't just want to read parts of the verse, we want to read the whole verse. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the, gift, but the free gift of God, I love that, free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We can hang out there all day and just let this be our message. That we say, okay, what we deserve, what we earn is death, but God gives us <laughs> eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so again, what these verses show us, and as they go on to see, so let's look and pick up verse 2. It says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. You see, Jesus is the only one who can set us free. Verse 3. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, we in our own ability could not measure up to God's standard. Look at what it goes on and says in verse 3. God did. God intervened, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin. Oh, this is so good. He condemned sin in the flesh. You catch what, he, what he's saying right there is that through Jesus, right, God laid on the penalty of our sin. He condemned Christ because of our sin so that now we can go free. So here's the point. We are not under condemnation because Jesus was condemned in our place. Jesus took what we deserved. What did we deserve? We deserved condemnation because of our sin. And he gave us what Jesus deserved, which was no condemnation. So when we believe in Jesus, we believe that Jesus took our place. He paid the price for our sins. And when we do that, we receive now no condemnation. Romans chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Uh, a lot of us maybe have heard verse 8, but listen to what verse 9 says as well. But verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we are yet sinners... Christ died for us. Verse 9. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. You see, because of Jesus, we are now saved from God's wrath. We're saved from God's condemnation. You see, Jesus sets us free from the penalty of sin. You see, Jesus' death, he, it wiped out. This, this is something that I, I know we struggle with sometimes, but Jesus' death, it wiped out all of our past sins, all of our present sins, and our future ones. All of our past, present, and future condemnation, what we deserved because of our sin, Jesus' death and resurrection wiped those out. And as I was studying for this, there was a question that I read, and the question just said, hey, when Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, none of us were alive, so how many sins had we committed? And the answer is none, right? When, when Jesus died, how many sins had you commit? Well, the answer is none yet. But yet, when he died on the cross 2,000 years ago, 
He paid for them all. He paid for them all. In fact, as we close this service, this is again what I mentioned in the very beginning, how God just times this. The last song that we're going to sing today is that Jesus paid it all. So when Jesus died on the cross, this wasn't planned. This is just God planned it, not us. Uh, But when Jesus died on the cross, he was paying for all of your sins, the sins that you have already committed, the sins that you might be struggling with right now, and then even the ones that you're going to commit. And so this is a huge truth because what we see is that God has nothing against you. Because of Jesus, he finds no fault in you, and that he is not going to punish you because, again, he punished Jesus for your sins. You are free from the penalty of sin. You are free, listen, you're free from the weight of sin because Jesus paid the price. He took that condemnation for you so that you could be free. But let me ask this because this, 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 this teaches well, but we struggle. I struggle with this. Because, okay, if we're free from the penalty of sin, let me ask you this. Do you live free? Do you feel free? And the answer to that is sometimes no. Sometimes as Christians we don't feel free because we are caught in two traps. Uh, There's a pastor that uh, I like to kind of read and follow and uh, His name is J.D. Greer, and he talks about these two traps. He talks about a performance trap, and he talks about a pretending trap that we fall into. He says the performance trap is this, thinking that you have to maintain a certain standard for God to accept you. Now, we're going to hash out. I want to make sure that you guys, we're not just saying, hey, go live your life however you want. It doesn't matter. You believe in Jesus, cool. Live your life up. No, no, no. We're going to hash that out here in just a second. Paul's going to hash that out. He's already hashed it out in Romans 6 as well. But the performance trap is thinking that you have to maintain a certain standard for God to accept you. And it leaves us wondering, am I good enough? Have I done enough for God to love me, to, be, to, to accept me? That's the first trap. The second trap is the pretending trap. That's where you always are trying to act on the outside like you have everything together when even you don't feel like it on the inside. Y'all hear the pretending trap? I don't know about you guys, but I have been caught and been stuck in both of these traps. Uh, Currently, right now, at my house, if you were to drive up to our house, uh, I am at war with an armadillo, okay? Um, It is tearing my yard up. Um, And so, uh, thankfully, there's a member in our church that has uh, made these armadillo traps And in the past, I've been very successful at catching them. This one, I think they've gotten smarter. I think they've kind of gotten together, and they're like, yeah, we know not to go into that box. Um, And so, but the way this armadillo trap works is that it's just very simple. It's a wooden box, it's got two doors on the sides, and it's got a pulley system in the middle, and you put a little lever down. Armadillo's supposed to walk into the box, hit the lever, sides go down, Armadillo's in the box. What we do with the armadillo in Jefferson County, I don't know how you feel about it. I'm not going to tell you. Don't worry. Uh, but anyhow, the armadillo will not make holes in my yard. Uh, but I set this trap to catch this. And I feel like sometimes in the Christian life, we fall into these traps. 
we fall into this performance trap to where we think that we have to earn our way into God's good grace or earn our way back into God's grace. Or we get into this pretending trap. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever had this happen to where, you know, uh, right in the church, um, isn't exactly the most holy and spiritual ride, you know. Maybe there's worship music playing in the background, but there's no worship happening in the car. Uh, you know, there's a good argument that's going on between you and your spouse. You're trying to get the kids to behave. You might be like, you're throwing threats out there, maybe even swinging a little bit back there. Um, and then you pull in the church, you open the doors, and everybody gets out, and it's just like sound of music. Uh, and, we just we get used to putting on a face. We get used to pretending. How you doing? Oh, I'm good, brother. I'm good. I struggle with that question because it's like, man, do I really want to be honest? Yeah, life's good, you know. Uh, and, and so anyhow, but we, we get used to pretending when on the inside, we're hurting. On the inside, man, we're carrying so much weight around and we're trying to handle it on our own. We're trying to cover up the weight that's there. And sometimes we get away with it, but those that are closest to us, they see the weight. They see it, right? They feel it. And look at what God's word is saying. Hey, listen. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ because Jesus has paid away. He's made a way for you to be right with God. You see, I just told you guys that this is something that God's used in my life because so much of my life I have built upon Doing what I do, not out of this freedom because I have a relationship with God, is doing things to earn my way into God's grace. I, again, not, not earn my way for salvation, but when I've fallen into sin or I've fallen away from God in my relationship with him, I think, okay, my mind, I've got to do certain things so that I can get back into my right standing with God. Uh, I, I've shared this with our students before. Um, there have been times where it's like I, I, I felt I've fallen away from God and I've made a checklist. It's like, okay, if I read my Bible enough this many times this week, if I, if I share the gospel with this many people, if I do this and this, then guess what? Then I believe that God will then accept me. And here's the truth of Romans 8, 1, is that Jesus took our condemnation. And now you have freedom from the penalty of sin. And that freedom doesn't just give you a chance to live a life how you want. You now get a chance to live for Jesus out of the overflow. So reading my Bible is not because I have to earn my way back into God's grace. The motivation to read my Bible is because I've experienced this freedom. Telling others about Jesus, oh, it's just so much better than to try to force a conversation and try to work mechanically through an outline maybe, but to just simply, because I'm living in unity with Christ, because of the freedom that we have that comes from salvation that he provides, then there's a more organic overflow. I mean, just think about it. The things that you enjoy doing, you talk about. When we enjoy Jesus, we're going to just talk about him. But sometimes we don't talk about Jesus because we're living a life of condemnation instead of realizing and soaking in these truths from Romans chapter 8, verse 1. So again, verse 1, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That word in Christ simply means to belong to Christ. 
those who have believed and trusted in Jesus. What does that mean? It means that God, you are accepted by God. Jesus accepts you. You belong to him. How does that happen? When you put your faith and trust in him. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, Paul makes this very simple statement about what does salvation look like. He says, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So how do you receive this freedom that God offers through Christ? By calling on the name of Jesus, by trusting in him. And so if you are in Christ, there is nothing that you could do right now that would make God love you any more and nothing that you can do that would make him love you any less because he looks at you through the lens of Jesus. Now, let me say this. If you are not in Christ, if you have not believed in the salvation that God provides for you, the very harsh truth of Romans chapter eight, verse one, is that you are condemned. You are separated from God. And so, let me read these verses real quick, then I'll make a point. John chapter three, verse 17 and 18. This is right on the heels of John three sixteen. Love John three sixteen. great verse. But listen to what the following verses say. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Verse 18, he who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So what makes somebody condemned? It's their heart. It's the fact that they've never believed in Jesus. And so today, I just, again, before we move on, first one is this about just salvation. Have you experienced Are you walking around with the weight of the penalty of sin on your life? Have you experienced the freedom that God offers? If you haven't, man, let today be the day that you experience salvation. Again, it's not complicated. It's you realizing that your sin leaves you condemned, leaves you separated from God, leaves you guilty, leaves you with a debt that you cannot pay on your own, no matter how good you are. That's why we need Jesus. That's what the whole point of the cross was. And so today, you can leave here free. You can leave here belonging, being in Christ by simply making that decision to trust in him. And then for those of you, maybe you've been in the church, maybe you've already made that decision, don't check out here because again, listen, the gospel is not just something for salvation. The gospel is something that transforms the the entire way we live our life because again, today, maybe you've getting caught in the performance trap, the pretending trap, and you're trying to earn your way back into God's grace. Uh, Maybe you've stepped away and you've been caught up in sin. Just listen today. You have forgiveness that is available in Christ. So live in freedom. You are free from the penalty of sin. The second thing that we're free from You're also free from the power. We are free from the power of sin. You see, freedom in Christ is not freedom to sin, but it's freedom from sin. Let me say that one more time because this is where we kind of get this whole theology messed up, mixed up. Romans 8, 1, we take it for granted. We're like, okay, no condemnation. I'm doing whatever I want. I'm not condemned. No, 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 no. Freedom in Christ is not freedom to sin, but it's freedom from sin. There's a great example in John chapter 8 
where a woman was caught in adultery. And as the the religious leaders bring her in there to stone her, Jesus, we don't know what he wrote, but he writes something in the sand, and one by one they drop their stones. And it's just Jesus and the woman that's there. Listen to what Jesus says to this woman. In John chapter 8, verses 10 and 11, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? Verse 11, she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Go from now, go from now on, and sin no more. You see what Jesus says? He says, I don't condemn you, now go and sin no more. Because of Christ, we now have this freedom from the power of sin. Yes, we live in the flesh. Yes, we have the struggle, and we're going to see this uh, played out here in these verses. But again, today, I just want to remind you that because of Christ, there is freedom from that power of sin. God not only saves us from the penalty of sin through Christ, he makes a way for us to live free from the power of sin through the Holy Spirit. And as we think about the Spirit of God, remember this is not a force. This is not this mystical thing. The Spirit of God is a person, is part of the Trinity. Jesus, in preparing his disciples for what was to come in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, listen to what he says about the Holy Spirit. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. Verse 17, that is the spirit of truth whom the word cannot receive, excuse me, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. So what we see in Romans chapter eight in the verses following, in verses five through eight, It says this, for those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the spirit set their minds on the spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh, listen, cannot please God. So in these verses, we see this contrast between flesh versus living according to the Spirit. In fact, what's so interesting, when you read through these verses in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 7, man, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is mentioned so many times here. I didn't realize this until we journaled through this uh, as as a youth group. But you see that God's presence and His power comes in us when we experience salvation so that we are free from the power of sin. We are free from the power of the flesh that's over us. What we see in these verses is that the flesh is corrupt. It's, it's our unredeemed nature. And true freedom, in, 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 true freedom is found in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. When you look at these, there's a direct contrast be- between where the flesh leads to is death and where the Spirit of God leads to, and that's life and peace. But here's the catch. We think that if we live according to the flesh, that man, that's freedom. One thing that I struggled with when I was in high school was, man, looking at some of my friends that were not believers, did not know Jesus, and looking at what they did with their life, what they did on the weekend. It was like, man, they seem so free, but I feel like my life's so constricted. And even as adults, I think we struggle with that. 
We look at some of our coworkers, we look at some of our neighbors, we look at some of our family and friends, it's like, man, it looks like they're just free, just living it up. And, you, and what we have to realize is they're not free. They're a slave to sin, but because you know Jesus, you are the one that's free. There's a, an illustration, I gotta use it real quick. So my generation grew up with hamsters, okay? I've realized that as parents, we have not done a good job raising our kids with hamsters because I asked the students, hey, how many of you had hamsters? And like one hand went up and I was like, I think it's because our generation got tired of hamsters and the smell of hamsters and the smell of hamster cages, right? But I would do this thing with my hamster. I would take it out of the cage and put it in this little plastic ball and would let it run. And low-key would let my dog kind of chase the plastic ball around a little bit and kind of watch it happen. The hamster never died, okay? Anyhow. But as the hamster was in this plastic ball, man, the hamster probably, man, it looks like it's free. But is the hamster really free? Absolutely not. And this is what the lifestyle of somebody who doesn't know Christ is. They are not free. They think they're free, but they're really not. And this is the lifestyle that we kind of feel like we're jealous of. But here's the truth of Romans chapter 8. You're not only free from the penalty of sin, you're free from the power of sin. You do not have to do what the flesh tells you to do. God has given you his spirit inside of you. Last few verses I'll read. Romans chapter 8, verses 9 through 11. says, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed how this, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to God. If Christ is in you through the body, though the, excuse me, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. Verse 11, oh, catch this. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give, here it is, life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Man, we don't have time to completely unpack this, but look at what verse 11 says. The spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. The same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. Dwells. Do you know what the word dwells means? In, in the Greek, it means to, to abode. <laughs> it means to uh, belong. It means to remain. It means to take up residence. It means God's spirit dwells inside of you. And if God's spirit can raise Jesus from the dead, can I tell you something? There's nothing that the spirit of God cannot help you do and overcome. But do we realize that truth? Are you living in the freedom of that truth that you have freedom because of the Holy Spirit over the power of sin? The problem of why we, myself, we walk around with these weights that sin causes in our life is that we are trying to do life in our own strength. And just like if I were to try to carry this for the whole day, my body would eventually give out. And there are some of you in this room, your soul on the inside, you are just crippling, you're hurting. And just hear the truth from scriptures that God offers you freedom in Christ from the penalty of sin and through the Holy Spirit, he offers you power over sin. So today, receive that, believe that truth, that it's got nothing to do with your ability, it has everything to do with what God is doing through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit in your life and that's what gives you freedom. So today the challenge is this. 
The challenge is as we look at these words is to not just let these be words, but to let them sink deep. The challenge is, is actually to respond. So I don't know where you're at today. God does. By the way, we can perform and we can pretend and we can do that with other people. It doesn't work with God. It never has. Go all the way back to Genesis 3. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God and they fell into sin, they went into the performance trap. They went into the pretending trap. But the beauty of that is God came to them. He knew where they were and he desired that relationship with them. He desired to offer them even freedom in that situation. The same thing that he offers us today. So I'm gonna pray and as I pray, I'm just praying that just the spirit of God would just move and work. Um, And then as we close, (laughs) we are gonna sing Jesus paid it all. Man, quote that I read this week is that a liberated people are a worshiping people. In the Bible, a lot of times when God liberated his people, the next thing they did was they worshiped him. Hey, today we've been liberated because of Jesus. Man, let's worship him. Let's celebrate the fact that Jesus has paid it all for us. But if you're here today, and man, there's never been a moment in your life that you've trusted and you've experienced the freedom that's offered in Christ, and you want to talk through that decision, man, I'm here. We've got people in this room that would love to have that conversation with you. I mean, even as I'm saying it, I'm seeing people nod their head. Yes, let's talk. We're here for you. Leave here free. Maybe you're struggling with some type of sin. Man, find freedom. There's freedom in Christ from that, freedom from the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God, um, again, we are just praying for what we have just read. God, help us to take these truths, and God, help us to apply them to our life. God, these truths are so weighty. Um, God, they're life-changing. God, I pray that you would help us see the freedom that we have in you, Jesus. Jesus, because of you, we are free from the penalty of sin. And God, you've sent your spirit. Because of the Holy Spirit that indwells us, we're free from the power of sin. We no longer have to cave in to desires of our flesh. We get to experience life and peace. And so God, I'm praying today that we leave here free, experiencing life and peace. So whatever it is that's got us weighted down, God, help us today to lay that weight down and not pick it back up. Jesus, leave it at your feet. So Jesus, we, just, we, give, we give this time to you. God, help us to, again, just respond to your word and what we've heard. And God, especially now in this moment, part of that response is help us to worship. Jesus, you have paid it all. We're free because of you. So let us worship you for that now. And in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.